welcome to the show. Every week, we meet up, talk some action movies, shoot some breeze, and let off some steam. Ben, uh, this is PC, and I'm Grant. And PC, you remember when I said I would introduce you last? I lied. <laughs> Standard for a rocky show. Yep. Come on. <laughs> that's the other one you have to include if you're mentioning Rocky. Well, speaking of Rocky, that's what our opening question's about. I would like you to rank the Rockies. Rank you the Rockies. Rank the Rockies. <laughs> okay, I think my selections are slightly controversial, but we'll go with them. So, favourite? Favourite, Rocky 2. Mm, interesting. Interesting, followed by Rocky 4, then Rocky, Rocky Balboa, then Rocky 3, and then the other one that they might or might not have made. Rocky 5 <laughs> Okay, so justify I'd like you to justify Rocky 2 being number 1, please Yeah, I think I'm not saying I disagree with you I actually really like Rocky 2 as well Yeah I just think it's one of those With Rocky 1 being more like the underdog story And, you know, like the, the outside bet and everything else Whereas Rocky 2 was the rematch Where they're both on Not equal footing But, you know, they're, they're both now I think emotionally He's still the underdog though, because you've got the Adrian coma and you've got the fact he's illiterate and all that going on, yeah. and the fact he can't make an advert to save himself. Yeah, there is that because that's <laughs> the thing because he's it's a real celebrity's hard yeah. luck story. Oh, I can't make a proper commercial because yeah, he's been he's been exposed to all these you know all this publicity because of what happened in the last fight, and he's also from memory he's been told that he needs to give up. Yeah, boxing as well. You can't win, rap. No, that's Rocky for it. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I just think from that side of things, there's just so much going on from an emotional point of view that's kind of trying to keep him away from doing the fight, so that when it gets to the, the kind of finale when they do have the fight, it's got this um, like this emotional upheaval with it as well, just with everything that's involved with it. And I think that's kind of why I like it because it's a lot more it's a lot more of a gamble for a fight, whereas the first one you do feel cathartic at the end as well, don't you? Yeah. Like, he's gone through so much, like, from Rocky to Rocky 2, that you're like, Jesus, just give this guy a break. Well, he's still got the montage from 4 to look forward to as well. <laughs> I'm guessing 4 is just a so bad it's good inclusion. Yes. It? <laughs> it's, it's the kind of thing, it doesn't matter how often it's on, if Rocky 4 is on at any time of the day, you have to watch it, because it is like 70-part montage and 30-part <laughs> original footage. But you've got it's to easy it. watching. Yeah, exactly. It's like a music video. Yeah. It is a music video. <laughs> My number one would be Rocky Balboa, so I'm interested mm-hmm. to see why you have it so low in your list. I just, well, you say low, I mean, it's just behind four and Rocky, so it's... It's a number four. Yeah, it's a number four, but I, I think it was I'm just... with six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're going to split hairs in it like that, then yeah, I suppose so. Well, like, neither of us have enough hairs to split, so let's not go down that road. <laughs> You do realise I'm still coming to terms with that. That's <laughs> still a raw nerve. Um, you do have a magnificent beard, if that's yeah, that's upside down face at the moment. Um, but yeah, I think the, for me, the Rocky Balboa was still a very solid film, and I did enjoy it. I just think that I enjoyed the others more. Like the original Rocky is always going to be a classic. You know, it's always going to be one of these. You know, something like Rage and Bill. You know, it's always one of the kind of classic boxing films or classic sports films. And that's it's just a classic film. Yeah. It doesn't. It, it's genreless as far as I can. Yeah, and I think that's why Rocky Balboa is my favourite as well. Is I think it's more about the themes than it is about the fight. Mm-hmm. Whereas Rocky three and five in particular are far too much about the fight. Yeah. <laughs> 
in the same Or track. there's some attempted themes going on there, and it's how badly he gets those themes wrong which make Rocky Four so entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Well, my bottom would be number five as well. I think I would go for six. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> I don't think we need to discuss any sort of length why we've both put five in the end. I think we can just sweep over that. I used to be a five apologist, I must say. I would be like, it's not as bad as people say it is. And while I think that is true to a certain extent, it's still absolutely terrible. We don't need to make excuses for it. It knows its place, it's fine. <laughs> Tommy Gunn. It's only really good for um, given when you played the Rocky game on the PS2. Take it meant spot. that after a few horrendous last few levels you got to fight Tommy Gunn last and it was really really easy because <laughs> even the game makers were like nah we're not doing that making him the, the hardest fighter in the game let's make him the easiest fighter in the game this is your reward <laughs> I'm going to give you a fact for later and you're going to have to work out which film I'm talking about alright uh, this action film has the unofficial record for deleted scenes so what action film do you think that might be I've got a few things in mind, but we'll, we'll wait and see. Okay, it's now time for the Wheel of New. <laughs> Choose a number. Yeah, we'll unzip you and go for number two. Beverly Hills Cop reboot yeah. has been pushed out of 2016 release schedule and oh. into question mark release schedule. God bless question mark. <laughs> I wish more films were pushed into question mark. So they were like... Let's move it. We could move it just so it's a 2017 release date, but let's not confirm that yet. Let's just leave it in limbo for a while, shall we? Right next to that twin sequel. You think, it's, you think it's just enough time to try and get another way to revamp the Beverly Hills Cop theme tune? <laughs> Wait, they were waiting for another 80s nostalgia trip to come back around yeah. and then they'll put it out. But that was a franchise that went downhill very quickly. And two was directed by Tony Scott, though, isn't it? Mm. And it's absolutely incredible. Three is one of the worst films you'll ever see. First one's really, really good, though. Yeah, I did enjoy the first one. It's always been my favourite Judge Reinhold film. Yeah. And you've also got um, Ronnie Cox, who's got on the first two films. Yeah. It was solid. But yeah. Eddie Murphy, the peak of his powers, and now not so much after his... Yeah, I think after he... Uh, Mel B. I was able to go into that, yeah. <laughs> Picking up transsexuals in a car. Yeah. It's great because I can talk about it and not get sued because it did happen. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Take that, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> Who presumably trolls every podcast in the world listening for mentions of himself. Shaking his fist in anger at us. <laughs> okay, another number? Uh, we'll go number four. Josh Trank has been fired from the Star Wars spin off. Fantastic Ooh. Four director. Alright, okay. So Was this the rope squadron thing or am I making yes. that up? Yes, right. it was. You are correct. Excellent. You make nothing up. Fantastic. So he's been fired. The reason cited being he's too ill to take on the performance. He's like twenty four or something. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe got mono or something. Is that underlying health issues? <laughs> The, what everyone's taken from this is that the Fantastic Four is going to be terrible and the producers behind Star Wars are like, nah, we'll hold out for Josh Whedon, thanks. Yeah, I think if somebody's waiting that long to make their mind up on Fantastic Four, they really need their head examined. No, I mean, I do hope it's a good film, but I can't see it. No, it's not going to be. <laughs> so I, yeah, let's move on before we get stuck in another superhero trap. Next picture. Picture? 
on the Wheel of News. Next picture of the it is a 3D model, of yeah. course. <laughs> a visually impaired 3D model. <laughs> um, I'll take number five. Goodfellas is 25 today, and you're getting a 25 year anniversary Blu ray coming out. You're going to be picking that up? Uh, you know what? I might. Just purely just for the Joe Pesci stuff. I do love him in that. He's fantastic. A lot of it improvised as well. Yeah. How much do you never want to meet that guy? <laughs> <laughs> I like the bit where he beats the guy up with the butt of the gun that's tried to grab his missus. Oh, is that near the eye? And he goes and he's like, what are you going to do? And he just bat- batters him with the butt of his gun and holds his gun up to the other two guys. He's like, don't do it. That's such a good film. It's been quite a while since I've watched that. Actually, I may have to do that this weekend. I think everyone should. Yes. Just remember really Liotta the way we should remember him. Just remember Robert De Niro the way we should remember him. Paul Servino's kind of not done anything. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I like this bit as well, but I really like the bit where they're making all the pasta in the prison and they're talking about the garlic. I, I personally think he used too much garlic in his, his sauce, but... <laughs> and then you hear Paul in, in the background going, hey, don't put too much garlic in there. <laughs> I love that Thanks. attention to detail with Scorsese great tracking shot as well you know the shot which really ought his character going into the club and the camera follows them all the way down mm. and it's got that film and then I kissed her and they fit the song in, it, in the background and it's just showing you how intricate his life is through one amazing like complete tracking shot absolutely great film yeah so go and watch it now like right well not right now because you're listening to this but like straight after this <laughs> no pause this <laughs> pause this then, watch, then come back yeah. living the moment you never know we might even be talking about it again when you come we won't we won't no, no. <laughs> those people that have paused are suckers because we're going to make them come back to hear more everybody be quiet they're away so there's a reason I asked you about um, Rocky earlier on mm-hmm. we've just returned from trip to Germany haven't we we have indeed like a couple of touristy types were wearing t-shirts we bought in <laughs> Germany <laughs> yes as you know I am gift shop grant you are gift shop grant <laughs> this man cannot go past the gift shop without purchasing something <laughs> anywhere that's true yeah I would deny it if it wasn't yeah. but it is <laughs> so when we're in Germany I went to see Rocky Das Musical you did so I thought I'd tell you a bit about that yeah we were intrigued because we were um, we were really intrigued to see how that would go given the fact that it was in German as well mm. so what would you like to know about Rocky I think from just why would a fully grown man go to see a musical in his own there is that aspect of it yeah. in, a, in a language he doesn't speak <laughs> <laughs> questions might be asked at both those points yeah <laughs> sitting next to family on one side and family on the other yeah so um, why don't you tell people what the I don't even want to call it a synopsis what the kind of um, the story was for this one was it just a cover from the original film or was it it is with added um, Eye the Tiger what I was the only song in English (laughs) (laughs) it's the only thing interested was Eye the Tiger and visuals (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) you can kind of follow what's going on I I missed a lot of the humour I must say because there's a lot of bits where the clouds were laughing and I was like haha yeah yeah, Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> Punching. Oh. So, it's 
a retelling of the first film, basically. Yeah. It has a new character. Oh, really? Who is Rocky's, Polly's slaggy wife, Gloria. <laughs> she was a real slag. A real slag. She sang this disco song about being a slag, I assume. That's what it was about. I, I, was, I was expecting that because I did that, just so they could slaying the song Gloria, just for the... <laughs> <laughs> basically, because it was a 70s film... Yeah. Good guys music, soft rock, you know, back when Terminal Overdrive style. Yeah. Bad guys and Gal was all disco. <laughs> okay. So it was all disco songs for <laughs> for Apollo Creed, who was played by a white actor. Controversial. Reboot. <laughs> <laughs> Even though there's a black character in the principal cast, <laughs> which is very odd. He was playing a boxer. Yeah. Yeah, I think we should just move on from that point. Yeah, let's, let's just let the audience make up their own mind about that one. <laughs> so it basically follows the plot of the first film. In terms of, like, visually, is obviously why I was there. It was like watching a silent film with someone speaking German to me in the background. <laughs> and singing to me in German in the background. Just a, ger- a German voiceover while you watch the visuals. <laughs> a lot of the action was either in Rocky's apartment... Adrian's pet shop and Apollo Creed's disco lair which was just <laughs> incredible because <laughs> uh, the, be the set for that must have easily been at least 20 foot tall because the set was on two layers mm. and sometimes it would be a curtain above and sometimes it would be below but the set was always moving it was incredible and each set would tend to have four sides to it so for example when there's scenes when they're walking down corridors the set would move and it'd be another part of the corridor and then it'd move again and mm. be another part and then it'd move again and it'd be their destination as right. they pretend to walk. Excellent. Reminds me of Nightmare from the festival. Another real highlight was the oh, training montage yes. because they didn't just use one Rocky, they used all the boxers that they had in the background scenes and the, these scenes so when you've got the ding, 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 ding each time the beat changes, it cuts to another person doing another workout move with just a spotlight on them. And you also have people running across the frame and then two seconds later someone will run across the frame at the top, which really, really represented a, a really long run very well, actually. In the dark. <laughs> yeah. They'd, they even had a set of stairs built that you couldn't quite make it up and then eventually made it up. <laughs> There was the gym, a lot of it was there. Jim's gym. Jim's gym. That's um, police squad, actually, not Rocky. <laughs> so the Polish gym, a lot of the action was there as well, and it was always people in the background working out while things were happening. And when he went on his songs or montages, those people would start to practice or box in slow motion <laughs> while the action went on. Fantastic. Absolutely loved it. So the final scene for the final fight, from three rows were asked to stand up by the staff there. They came round to the back, a ring had come out, and they came round to the back of the ring and there was another set of seats there, which they moved to. And they obviously had some directions there that they had to be shouting and cheering because they were absolutely loving it back there. And then... The stage moved forward, so it was covering the first three rows, and the ring was basically right there. 
fighters were coming out, the fighters were coming out behind you, walking down, high-fiving all the crowd on the way to the ring. The commentators were there at the very, very top, so that they were at the top of that bit, but it looked like it was on TV, and they were also filming it live, and they were showing it on a TV at the side with 70s-style graphics. Nice. And as the fight went on, the fight counter was working in real time. So every time they did a fake choreographed punch, which I've seen Rocky so many times, I knew it was actually identical to the choreography from the first film. You actually got the counter going up, letting you know how many punches they'd landed and mm. things like that. And they had a succession of females who were the, like the, ring, the round announcers, you know, they come in with the round yeah, two yeah, sides. Yeah. They were the ones that basically helped you to like transition onto different rounds and things like that but in like super slow motion so you didn't have to watch a full 18 round fight <laughs> so they would come on the lights would go down and they would start going in slow motion again and the lights would go completely down they'd come back up and it'd be another round mm-hmm. which is great it was absolutely great at the end the crowd and me in there were all chanting Rocky Rocky <laughs> fantastic he, so, won. He, he didn't win by the way he didn't but he got the moral victory <laughs> spoiler so it was funded by the Klitschko's I think it's excellent I hope they translated to English so I can actually tell what's going on as well <laughs> yeah definitely lost some translation for some of that but yeah I mean it sounds like it would be a fantastic event to go to it was yeah, yeah. well worth the 60 euros <laughs> yeah that, that's, that, that's the kind of thing I balked at which is why I didn't go <laughs> You just went to watch the football in the pub like a normal person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think the key thing about Germany, though, is, and the thing that made that show so great is, I think the stereotype of Germany is that they're efficient and organised. I think it's just... It's a national stereotype that actually is true, though. When they, when you've got the tourist attractions or the football there or the shows, everything is just done to a hundred ten percent of what it possibly could be. Yeah, so it's not definitely not a bad thing at all. Yeah, well, it can also be bad in other yeah. times. Well, let's not go into that one. No, no, we, we, we could go on, <laughs> but I think yeah, I think. Well, that the Germans get castigated for that a lot. I think you've got to look at the positivity that Germany is such a positive, creative place now that they, they've taken that national stereotype and used it for for good almost, and and changed things around. So Us, using their, their power of national stereotyping for good. <laughs> yeah. Whereas we we're still stuck in the sort of we are really really tight as Scotsmen. Yeah, we surely doesn't time with me saying, oh, I'm not paying that much for a ticket. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or me putting in my travelling expenses to you for this podcast today. <laughs> I'd like you to pay back for my shoe leather, please. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, if you're in Hamburg, I would recommend that. <laughs> Watch on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so next... It was the film for Grant to watch. Yes, it was. And speaking from a boxing perspective, we were almost having a kind of play fight with this at first, weren't we? No, we pretended to punch each other. <laughs> then all of a sudden last week, you just took your glove off, picked up a shiv and stabbed <laughs> me by making me watch this. 
<laughs> don't think I'm not going to get revenge for this, by the way. Oh, dear. But I think it's important we don't go into full conflict with this. <laughs> yes, let's do it. It's nukes from both sides. So you got me to watch the film Left Behind with Nicolas Cage, a remake of another film called Left Behind, which was just as bad. <laughs> Probably better, actually, because they didn't star Nicolas Cage, who's our main star as... Let me just get his name. Is it Chad Michael Murray? No, no, the Nicolas Cage's character name. Oh, right, right. Raffard Steele. Wow. Pretty good, huh? Yeah. We also had, yeah, Chad Michael Murray was in it too. Leah Thompson, Mara McFly's mum. Mum, yeah. Does she actually look now like his mum should have looked at this time? No. That's kind of disappointing. No, she looks in that kind of plastic Jane Fonda <laughs> fake face <laughs> thing going on. You know, that Goldie Hawn lizard oh, plastic yeah. surgery. <laughs> so this film is about the rapture. There's a lot of people going about their daily business and all of a sudden people disappear and presumably go to hell? Interestingly enough, they don't take their clothes with them. Their clothes are left behind. So they go naked. Which leads to quite a lot of hilarious scenes in this where people are convinced that the person is still there somewhere even though their clothes have been left behind. So it starts with probably the cheesiest credits I've ever seen bar the 80s. This film cost 15 million to make. And you do not. You're like, what, 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 where, where, <laughs> where did this money go? I know there's a plane in it, so they must have had some CGI, but they did not spend anything near that. So I'm guessing some of it was Cage, just getting his name on above the yeah, Pindu's here. So as the rapture happens, he's trapped on a plane. The rapture, by the way, I'm not a religious person myself, but it's the rapture, like against children in particular because the amount of children that disappear including newborn babies <laughs> it's just incredible and one of the funniest scenes in the film by the way where so they're going to the the little girl is convinced that her friend has has just gone to the hospital and has not vanished even though she vanished in front of her <laughs> so they go to the hospital and a nurse like pulls back the curtain and goes they've all disappeared <laughs> And it's one of these things is like, how long has she waiting there to do that? Because she didn't know they were coming. Dramatic scene. Just <laughs> waiting for the first person to walk into the hospital so she can do it. Nicholas Cage is cheating on his wife in this film. And to show you what a bad guy he is, he's spending a lot of the film trying to get you two tickets. <laughs> Which apparently is the worst crime if you're a Christian. <laughs> it's even worse than... Vern Troyer's in this film as well, by the way. Oh, right. You know the guy from... Um, the guy who played Mini-Me? Yeah. What? <laughs> did, you, did you expect that? I, did I that sure didn't. I didn't expect that. If you've ever seen... Um, oh, what's it called? Living in Oblivion. Okay. It's got, a, it's got Peter Dinklage in it and a hilarious role where he talks about how dwarfs are always just used for dream sequences it could have been talking about this film 
watch Living in Oblivion, by the way. The Brad, the character who's clearly meant to be Brad Pitt is one of the funniest things you'll ever see. So all kids are sinners. Nicholas Cage has to land the plane like an airplane. I actually was watching the airplane the other night as well. <laughs> and he has to land. They land outside the mall. The mall. The mall. The mall. Just the one. The Set one in New York City, by the way. All right, so just the mall. Just the, the mall. Yeah. The New York City has. <laughs> so there's a road under construction, and they've got to be careful to stop before a certain point. Because you know how when they're making roads, they put explosives at the end of the road so that nobody can drive off them? Yeah. So that's, is this, that's is this, a thing that happened, right? Yeah, so is this just ripping off that scene from Speed? <laughs> yes. So the, the plane could have never made that jump. Actually, Speed is a really good analogy for this film because when you're on the plane, everyone is just a stereotype. Like, yeah. I am the Muslim one. Whoops, I'm gone. It's the rapture. <laughs> and I don't think you should watch it. I'm not. <laughs> I, I think it's... It's half like a so bad it's good film, and half I just I can't believe this cost fifteen million. Where did that money go? Somebody's embezzling behind the scenes here. It's one of the worst films I've ever seen. Netflix said I would think it was one out of five, and it was right. <laughs> so here's my revenge. All right. <laughs> This film's also on Netflix, so it won't be hard to watch. It's called Trespass. Alright. It stars good old Nicolas Cage. Oh dear. In a home invasion movie, where his wife is played by Nicole Kidman. Alright. And here's the bit you're not going to like. Alright. It's directed by Joel Schumacher. <laughs> Revenge. Take that! <laughs> That's a kidney punch, that one, isn't it? <laughs> Blow the belt. Oh, like I say, let's not make this be full no. of water. Because <laughs> it can only get worse from here. Yeah. So, the important fact this action film is the unofficial record for deleted scenes. Any idea? See, I'm half tempted to go with Roadhouse. You're just right, because it's <laughs> <laughs> well done. I, I hadn't even finished the sentence there I was going to give you the benefit of the doubt but obviously <laughs> silly no need to give me the benefit of the doubt there's something stupid I'll definitely be doing it because I know there's um, there's a Jackie Chan film that holds the Guinness World Records for the amount of takes for a scene um, which is, I think is well over a thousand oh jeez um, because it notoriously he would be tired it was for a film called Dragon Lord um, which is one of his early films that he did um, I've seen that one so yeah the, the, notoriously he's, he's a very much perfectionist but I'm I'm pretty confident I don't know if it's been smashed since then but it did hold a record for the amount of um, retakes that they do for that so so another important fact next week which may or may not be Roadhouse related <laughs> See you later. See ya. I don't know why I was... <laughs>